welcome to another edition of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson, your host, and my guest today is Patrick Jaynes, Director of Business Development for Stockwave. Patrick, good afternoon. Hey, Lance. Great to be with you today. Indeed, indeed. And ladies and gentlemen, we're here today to talk about vehicle acquisition, used vehicle acquisition. Um, We are in the early uh, weeks of April 2021. And as everyone on the street and in dealerships knows, the wholesale market is hot. Values are higher than they've been. In some cases, they're setting records. Supplies are leaner than they've been. Retail sales are strong. And so that means that dealers are going to the well uh, to find inventory. And we want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges and ways that dealers can address those challenges as they move forward. And Patrick, perhaps as a place to start, I had a conversation with a dealer and he was looking at the wholesale market. He's not getting the trade-ins that they normally might get this time of year to supplant their used vehicle inventory. So they're going to the wholesale market. His buyers are seeing cars that would require a purchase price. That means they'll come into the store at 95. 96, even 97% cost to market. Um, So my first question, how should dealers, managers and acquisition buyers and such think about buying cars in the wholesale market with these conditions? Lance, I think that puts an exorbitant amount of pressure on buying the right car uh, is what it really comes down to. I think sometimes you know, if we get some inventory and we're good merchandisers and, you know, we can put the car on the money and price it right, we can move cars and kind of uh, cover up our mistakes. I don't think we have that uh, type of uh, leeway uh, in this particular market. So what we're really pushing our dealers to do is put a lot more thought into what cars they're going to buy specific to what's really moving in their market and and looking at the every demand metric uh, that they can and not you know trying to use the good old gut instinct of buying cars that hey have worked for the in the past why wouldn't they work now why don't we just kind of you know wipe the slate clean use the data use the market information that is out there and make sure that the cars that we are buying are turning fast in the market they're cars that you know we may or may not have had success with. We might want to step out and try some things, although nobody wants to take any risk right now. But if the market data says that that car is going to do well for them and they can get a little more margin and spread because the demand is so high and they'd be able to move the price up a little bit on that car, then they may be able to find some more winners uh, and fewer losers. And, and then at the end of the day, I, I think – you know, dealers are going to see this. It happened last year after the the full impact of COVID, where they started to make a move in pricing their cars up. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you've got to, you know, make room when you're buying a car at 97, 98% cost to market. At some point, you're going to have to start pricing cars up and see if the market will bear. And if that car is in high demand, see if it will turn at that price point. Uh, otherwise, you know, we're, we're kind of in a self-fulfilling prophecy where we just own our cars for too much and and uh, we're uh, we're basically giving them away and not making any gross. But wouldn't it be also be true that in some of those cases, those cars that come in at a high cost to market may well not support that sort of test case 
retail pricing that you described, and they're pretty much just, you know, F&I generators and maybe some gross and service. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, uh, let me use a, an example that comes to mind. So we know that new car inventory is really short as well, right? So people need transportation, the market's hot. You know, we call those cookie cutter cars, right? That uh, you sometimes buy to uh, late model stuff that you take and move a new car prospect into a late model used car. Uh, those tend to be those cars, right? That just generate some F&I. They're, if they're like franchise vehicles, still offer a good service customer, loyalty, retention, et cetera. I think those cars are still important today, maybe even more important to acquire because of the shortage of new car inventory, to keep that shop busy and to make sure that your units and operation continues to grow as we get through what appears to be, unfortunately, a little drought in new car inventory as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, to go back to something, um, about taking risk on cars that maybe you haven't tried. If I'm a dealer and I'm and I'm perhaps not as uh, seasoned with using market data, what might what might I find with a particular car or type of car that the market data says, Lance, try this one? It may maybe it's not a no-brainer, but the risk isn't as bad as you might think. Yeah. It, it, yeah, you know, my comfort level is Viato because I spent a lot of time in Viato. So in uh, the market data within Viato, we break things down by price bands and segments. Mm -hmm. So you know we can bring you into the intermediate car segment, fifteen to twenty thousand dollar price band, and we can tell you that hey, you are not really playing in that segment. Why? Well, you must not be trading any cars, so you end up with no inventory there. You may have not have gone to auction to buy them because you haven't been paying attention, yet we show you the market data in your surrounding area where that segment is selling thousands of cars uh, in your market. So I we call that looking for the gaps, looking for mm -hmm. the holes. So okay. I want to see where I'm not well represented in, in the dispersion and buy inventory. I don't carry those vehicles. That's a place to to jump in. I'm not saying let's jump in with some, you know, crazy make and model that, you know, I've never seen before. It's more of jumping into a price band, into a segment that I just don't get a good inventory feed for from a trade perspective. I have no his history, sales history, but yet the market seems to love that vehicle. It's it's no different than the, you know, the guy that uh you know, is a uh, you know doesn't have a franchise with full size trucks, but yet they buy and sell a lot of used right. full size trucks because the full size truck is a really strong market. I may not have a make that produces one, but I can, as a used car dealer, I can still take advantage of that that market. That's your uh, Kia dealer in Texas. Uh, exactly. That's exactly it. I know. I, I remember. I remember uh, driving by. This is you know probably a couple years ago. But I'm driving by a, you know, a BMW dealer with a front line of, you know, Ford F-150s sitting out front. And you're like, I, I, you know, you just don't ever see that very often. But I think that's where the market has gone. I bet you that's even more exaggerated now, right? Because mm -hmm. it, they have to find those opportunities. And 
I suspect he didn't have 20 of those on the front line if he wasn't turning a few of those. <laughs> I would imagine. I would. He knows something that perhaps other BMW dealers need to to realize. So th- this discussion of of the wholesale market, um, I guess, makes me wonder too if de- what what would you recommend as far as dealers turning to other places, perhaps private sellers or other aspects of the wholesale market that maybe they haven't considered to find inventory. Yeah, I know a lot of dealers have been really successful creating buying centers uh, mm-hmm. to, to buy vehicles off the street. There's a group that uh, I've worked with uh, up in Minneapolis who does a fabulous job at this. And, and uh, you know, not to give all their secrets, but the thing that seems to work is when you separate that effort from you know, the retailing dealerships, if you will. So in other words, I'm just here to buy your car off the street, come here. I'm not going to connect it with another transaction. I just want your vehicle. Hmm. seems to really add more credibility to people. Now, if they need another vehicle, you certainly can give them a referral. And this group has probably, you know, 10 dealerships that they could say, oh, what were you thinking about? Well, Well, we'll, we can take you over there and you can do that deal. But what's interesting is, that customer came in with a preconceived notion that they just want to pay this kind of money for my car and they're willing to pay for it. They're not trying to work me, you know, and, and trying to put me into another vehicle as part a part of the transaction. For everybody I've talked to have put that business model in place seems to say that that is the best way to acquire vehicles off the street. I've heard that same um, sentiment from in your service drive. Mm-hmm. So offering the customer Hey, you, we, your car is a very hot used car for us. We do extremely well for them. We'd just like to buy your car if you're thinking about selling it. You know, no strings attached. Here's our offer. We'd like to buy the thing. I mean, think about what Carvana is doing right now in Vroom, right? I mean, they're yeah. doing the same thing. They're saying, come to our website, put your car in. We'll give you a value. We'll pull up with a flatbed. We'll hand you a check and uh, we'll, we'll part as friends. And, and that's it. And, and we're seeing their numbers you know, skyrocket hundreds of thousands of vehicles that they're buying off the street. I think it's just because it's a non-confrontational type of process. Um, it's contactless to some extent, right? So right. I think that's helped during COVID. But even as we get back to the post-COVID COVID time where the contactless is, is important, we got to learn the lesson from the fact that making that process so easy and so unattached from everything else seems to motivate people uh, with what to do with their car when it comes time to what they think is trading it, but saying, hey, I want to get the money for my car and then I'll decide what I'm going to do with this car once I sell it and, and where else I'm going to go from there. Let's pretend for a moment, Patrick, that I'm a dealer who says, man, that sounds great, but I, I need cars now. I need some by the weekend um, and I can't you know, launch a I'll buy your car program, much less staff it. Um, are there any kind of guerrilla ways that maybe I, I could consider to to hunt down inventory that's not going to put me back at the auction? Yeah, so we, we just introduced a feature uh, within the auto, and it's also available within our uh, Stockwave uh, software. And we, we call it uh, Appraise Anywhere. Uh, feature mm-hmm. and in Stockwave we call it uh, Quick Vin Anywhere, and what it essentially does it allows you to go to a website could be anywhere and this could be cars that are 
you know, not currently in our Stockwave wholesale because it's not a wholesale marketplace. Uh, it might be a, a Facebook marketplace or it might be, you know, eBay, wherever, mm -hmm. and be able to click on that VIN and it will automatically load up into our software and allow you to do an evaluation on a car. That seems to be a really fast, efficient way to do some hunting and pecking for yeah. cars in the marketplace that you need. And I think you could staff that as such to where you're not asking someone to, you know, cut and paste fins, uh, you know, grab the odometer, open up, you know, an appraisal tool and go in there and spend an hours and hours and hours getting through a handful of cars where if they find a good source in a good place and they can find get access to those cars, they can fly through, you know, what I like to say, hundreds of cars in the time it takes to look for 10 or 15 and mm -hmm. do that type of analysis, but yet do the due diligence that you have to do. And that due diligence is back to, you know, one, I still need to confirm, you know, is there demand for that vehicle? Right. Uh, you know, and we like to direct them towards, you know, our market day supply uh, metric. We like to direct them towards auto trader scarcity. You know, we have that metric in our, in our stock wave tool, uh, which you don't have to have your cars on, Auto Trader to get that metric. That's something we provide as something kind of like, you know, a guidebook, if you will. And so there's some really cool demand metrics that would allow you to go out and, and understand that private sale marketplace, be able to look at those vehicles. And then after that, it's all about, you know, just making an inquiry as if you were a pedestrian <laughs> trying to buy that car. Send mm -hmm. them uh, an email, call them up and say, hey, we, we really like interested in your vehicle and I think we can do business. Interesting. And, and I guess you mentioned an evaluation. So is that the same as an appraisal or, or maybe just more of a snapshot view of the car to trigger an appraisal? So the appraise anywhere will actually load it up into your appraisal software. Oh, okay. You could do a full appraisal on the vehicle. What's quicker and, you know, I'm a little prejudiced because I work with the Stockwave software every day, um, is the quick VIN anywhere It with that click it uh, populates what we call the glance okay. and there's anywhere from 10 to 15 data points that immediately get populated. So I'm not even going through to say, Hey, I wonder what black book is on this car. I wonder what the MMR is on this car that all populates instantaneously in one view and allows you to, you know, essentially make that decision uh, much quicker and then mm -hmm. move on to the next field. So it's all that data in one place, which is really User. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Now, as you look at the market ahead in the I, I believe that Cox Automotive today, if not yesterday, um, projected that retail sales of used vehicles will be four million plus units higher in 2021 compared to 2020. Now, Obviously, there was some time in 2020 when things when the market really wasn't performing, but that's still a sizable bump up. So it seems to me that uh, dealers will have customers if they have the cars. So um, what's your guidance or thinking as far as how dealers should look ahead to the summer, the fall and, and, and try to capture as much of that increased demand as possible. I find that exciting and invigorating, <laughs> yeah. you know, for a dealer. 
it takes work though. And it, and it's not for the faint of heart, you know, because they've really got to put in the time to be a student of the market. But I look back to the third quarter of last year when we, you know, went through our V-shaped recovery, if you will, and all of a sudden, you know, business was back. And those dealers that took a little bit of risk and went in and bought cars uh, in the auction and were smart about it, but had the inventory, really had an amazing profit result in that third quarter. I mean, there were record profit numbers coming out of used car departments. I think that is, we are poised for that again. I mean, we're coming out of a, uh, you know, tax time season, right? We're coming out of uh, a, another check from the government. There, there's a lot of things going in the market that I think is fueling that opportunity. The only challenge we have is that, you know, I looked uh, uh, just uh, this morning, I think it was on April 1 uh, of this year, we're at about a 30 day supply of used cars. As you look at all the V auto users in the country, some 12,000 plus. Um, last year on March 1, before we, we hit the V, we were at 40 days, right? So mm-hmm. we're just used to having a little more <laughs> runway in our inventory. So it is really, really tight out there. And I hear this all the time from dealers saying that, you know, I've gone to the auctions. I'm just not, I'm not going to pay that kind of money, right? Just yeah. not going to pay that kind of money for these cars. And that's one strategy, <laughs> The other strategy is, hey, if you spend the time and there are dealers that are doing it and be a student in the market, make sure you're getting the right cars. There are vehicles to that you can find and be profitable with, but it's going to take work. But I think it I'd rather be in a market where demand is through the roof and I have to pay too much for cars than the other way. Right. Yeah, we're in a tough market. Nobody's buying cars. We can't figure out how to get them in the showroom. And you know, I've got cars everywhere and I'm trying to figure out how to liquidate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is the perfect storm for those savvy folks who can get out there and find a few diamonds in the rough and get their processes honed in to be able to do it. And then the other thing that I always talk about is, you know, do not ignore some of the basic processes that maybe you haven't dusted off in a while, which is, you know, how's your trade capture rate? How's your look to book? When you do get that chance for that trade in, I mean, are you fully confident that you are tracking your salesperson's performance all the way down to their level, right? And I mean, it's in the conference room. Here's everybody's look to book. You know, I have an incentive for those salespeople that if they do present numbers and can acquire a trade, I'm going to reward them for that because I know doggone well that I probably just traded that vehicle for a whole lot less, just take you know auction fees aside, right? A whole lot less than if I have to buy that car at auction. So I wanna motivate my people if they get the opportunity to talk to someone in the service drive or someone that comes up talking about trading their cars that I treat that acquisition uh, process like gold and that everybody's motivated to make sure we're getting that job done first. The other one is that we have a lot of dealers on, uh, you know, KBB in uh, instant cash offer, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, are we working those leads? Are we looking where they're going? Why we're not getting them? Are we working those exhausting every opportunity there? Those to me are the first place you dive in deep and make sure you're tight. And then what's left over? If eventually I got to go to the auction to get the yep. rest of it. Average franchise dealer gets about 20, 25% of their cars from the auction is what, you know, we see at NADA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you know, that's that's what we're up against. Let's just make sure that we're using data, technology, and being real smart about our strategic approach and which cars to buy. So all eyes on acquisition all the time in some in some respects. That is the story of this year. I believe it. You know, it's fun to because I live in acquisition every day. So it makes mine exciting. We're actually somebody right. paying attention to what we're saying. <laughs> Other times they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I think, you know, everybody's trying to figure this thing out. And and there's we've made huge strides in data insights and technology and, and things to help dealers do it. Um they just got to dig in and spend the time doing it. And the dealers that are, are seeing, you know, huge rewards out of that. Fantastic. Well, Patrick, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for sharing your insights and guidance with us here today. Thanks, Lance. My pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks to all of you for joining this edition of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.